Welcome to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. The fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life, love, and leadership to the next level. Hello, friends, and welcome back. It's Matt Morgan, and this is part two of Overcoming Anxiety, a massive topic that impacts, if not you personally, someone likely that's close to you that you love because it affects over 60% of the population, and so it's a big topic. And as you remember from last episode, we differentiated between depression, its cousin, to anxiety. Depression is kind of that cloud that hangs over you as you focus on the past, whereas anxiety is the constant state of worry in you as you focus on the future. And so last episode, we talked about the psychological side of overcoming anxiety. Again, not that it's an exhaustive conversation. It's a huge, huge topic that scientists, researchers across the world are still studying, but there are tips that we can use to overcome. Well, this episode, friends, we're focusing on the physiological side to overcome anxiety. That's right. There is actually things in our own body that can cause anxiety. And today I have a special guest with me who happens to be my very own wife, Sarah Morgan. Sarah is an expert in the field of nutrition. She has her master's degree in nutrition. She studied biochemistry. And so her whole world is being able to help people understand their body and anxiety actually plays into that. Sarah is a founder and CEO of a company called Buddies in My Belly, which is a health education company centered around the understanding of creating serious science for serious health that's seriously fun for the whole family. And Sarah just has an incredible gift of being able to connect complex science in a way that a four-year-old or a 40-year-old can understand. She's really influenced by people like Albert Einstein, who once said that if you don't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. And so that's, I think, Sarah's gift mix. And so Sarah, thank you for being a part of this podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, thinking about anxiety, I mean, we have our own friends, family members who have gone through this, and we're very connected to that. Tell us a little bit about like some of the physiological aspects of anxiety and things that we can do practically. Again, I know this is a massive topic, but things that we can do practically to help overcome anxiety. Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is help everybody understand a little bit about their bodies. So if we think about our brain that actually exists in our skull and our nervous system, we have kind of two branches or two sides of our nervous system. And what I like to say is think about your body like a car. Okay. I know I'm a female. I don't think about cars a lot, but we're all going to get this analogy. So we have a gas pedal and a brake pedal in our car with our nervous system. And the gas pedal is called the sympathetic nervous system. And this is the fight or flight. So this is the side when this gets activated, you hit the gas pedal. We've got the racing thoughts. You know, you feel your heart pounding in your chest. You have sweaty, cold hands. You have shallow breathing and your body's prepared for action. You're going to fight or you're going to run away from the tiger, right? And in modern world, we have a lot of things that activate the gas pedal of our nervous system. Now, on the other side of that, we have a brake pedal. And our brake pedal is this other branch of our nervous system called the parasympathetic. And the parasympathetic nervous system is kind of referred to as the rest, digest, and heal. So it's that 
the calm, cool, collected, it's good circulation. You have calm thoughts in your mind. You can relax. You can fall asleep at night. Your body feels balanced. You feel in control. So we want to think about our body from a physiological perspective of having these two sides of our nervous system. What happens with anxiety is the gas pedal gets stuck on and you can't turn it off, which is really terrifying, right? If you think about driving a car where you've got your gas pedal stuck on, eventually you're probably going to crash and burn and have a problem. When I gave them psychological tools last week and they're thinking that's great, but it's still not working and they can't seem to overcome. They said, I can't stop this. What I'm hearing you say is that it's like actually a physiological reason why they can't stop it because it's like that gas puddle that's just stuck on go. Yeah. Honestly, is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen this happen. I mean, I think dealing with your mind, the mind-body connection is really important. And if you don't do that, I don't think you're going to really get back to balance and heal properly. But what I do is dig into the deeper sides of the physiological. So one of the problems, as I said before, in our modern lifestyle is that we are just loaded up with stress. We have all this stimulation, right? We're on computers all the time. We have our phones. We, you know, have all these deadlines. We have jam-packed schedules. We have demands at work and at home. So it's just that gas pedal gets stuck on. And this is the activated side of the sympathetic nervous system. So what I do is I say, okay, let's figure out why and what we can do to take that gas pedal from being stuck to relieving it and then using our brake. We want to be able to use our brake because the reality is anxiety is debilitating. And just on a personal level, I'll never forget the first time I had my panic attack. And you know this because you're my husband and you were involved in it as well. But I was standing at the gate at the airport to board a plane and I get a little anxious getting on planes and I had a lot of stress. A little anxious is just a little bit of an understatement. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I do. I have pretty, I have pretty bad anxiety flying. I really do. I have fear of it. And I hadn't been sleeping well. I had a lot of deadlines or a lot of other things that were pushing my gas pedal down. And that was my tipping point. And I completely lost control. You know, I was crying. I thought I was going to vomit. I couldn't breathe. I ended up in the bathroom with diarrhea. And these are all the body's response to the gas pedal being stuck on. I want to speak to it. Like if you're listening to this today and you have anxiety, it's really hard to describe it to somebody else. And everybody's experience with anxiety is a little bit different of how their body responds to that gas pedal stuck on. But I just want to say there's hope dealing with the mind-body side, right? Of like how to handle it, but also the physiological, let's dig in. So tell us a little bit about some of these things that we can do practically to be able to get the gas pedal from being stuck on to releasing that a little bit. Yeah. So some of the reasons why you can be experiencing anxiety, I want to go through three of them specifically and how the gas pedal gets stuck on. And then how do we relieve that and use our brake, which is that calming side of things. So the first one is nutrient deficiencies. And this is a really, really common thing in our population. So your brain makes gas pedal and brake pedal 
chemicals that we call neurotransmitters. And you really need to have the proper helpers or these nutrients in order for these reactions to happen properly in a balanced ratio. Okay. So with anxious people, they tend to be deficient in certain minerals like zinc and magnesium. Those are the two minerals that I really go after. Both of them are very calming to the nervous system. And if you're someone who's under a lot of stress, you deplete your magnesium at twice the rate you normally use it because it's used in about 400 different biochemical reactions. So I've watched people just increase their magnesium supplementation and it changes their life. So magnesium is a big one. Zinc is another big one that's a very common deficiency in our population. It's very calming to the nervous system. So again, those are two minerals. You know, when I work with people in my clinical practice, I do a lot of laboratory testing. People who have symptoms of anxiety tend to be deficient in zinc and magnesium as a pattern. So another nutrient category is B vitamins. There are several B vitamins that I would, you know, say are important in terms of anxiety, but the one that I really want to highlight is vitamin B6. And vitamin B6 is a calmer to the nervous system. So someone who's got their gas pedal stuck on, they don't use their brake well. And the vitamin B6 helps activate your brake pedal so you can calm down to make something called GABA. And GABA is that calm, cool, collected, and it's the opposite of glutamate. Glutamate is the really stimulatory neurotransmitter that kind of revs you up. It's like, I've just had three cups of coffee and I'm ready to go. So vitamin B6 allows your body to convert glutamate, that stimulatory amino acid, to GABA, which is a calming amino acid. And I see a lot of women specifically that are deficient in vitamin B6. This gets into some interesting stuff, but even like medications, there are certain medications that are common that a lot of us use in the population that will deplete vitamin B6 and cause some of these problems. And vitamin B6 is also used to interconvert all of our different amino acids. And our amino acids are like our letters that we use to build words in our alphabet. They're the building blocks of these chemicals we call neurotransmitters we use to help our brain feel balanced and you know produce the things that we actually need. So in taking zinc, magnesium, and vitamin B6, is there a supplement for this? Do you take it at night? Do you take it during the daytime? Does it matter? Yeah. So what I would say is that this is where it gets really individualized, where someone who's dealing with anxiety really needs to work with a healthcare professional that knows what they're doing. I personally, I would just say like using a lot of these products at night because people who have anxiety tend to have a really hard time sleeping well. So that's something you can try, but you can use a lot of these during the day. They're very flexible. The other big category, there's two more I want to highlight in the nutrient deficiency aspect. This point one is fats and specifically omega-3 fatty acids. We think of like fish oils. There are long chain fatty acids, EPA and DHA our brain is mostly fat. And so they're anti-inflammatory fats. If our brain is inflamed, which is, this is something research is really looking at, we tend to have dysregulation of brain function, meaning we can have symptoms of anxiety and depression. So omega-3s are really helpful to supplement with. Eat more salmon. Be careful about some fish though, because it's loaded with mercury. I will say that our oceans are dirty. It's not the fish's fault. And then the other fat-like substance, it's called a phospholipid that I really want to highlight is something called choline. 
And choline is in egg yolks, which, you know, for a lot of us, we've kind of like stopped eating egg yolks and we eat egg whites. Well, the FDA and the American Medical Association has basically said 90% of the population is deficient in choline, and it's crucial for our brain to function properly. There's been several clinical studies that have been done where people are deficient in choline have high rates of anxiety. So choline is another really important nutrient. Liver is another source. Oh, we don't eat liver in our house. Uh, that's, uh, that's nasty. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you like that, egg yolks, you can also supplement with something called phosphatidylcholine. That's the form that's really utilized in the brain. Actually, I've developed a product called Mommy Brain that has these omega-3 fats plus the choline in the really good forms that the brain needs. That's awesome if your brain is, you know, having any types of issues this way. Last thing, I know I'm going over a lot, is vitamin D. Vitamin D, which we call the sunshine vitamin is really a hormone. And, you know, we first studied vitamin D as it relates to calcium metabolism for our bones. But what we discovered is that we have receptors for vitamin D literally all over our body, including our brain. So people who are deficient in vitamin D, which is very common, will have issues with mood regulation. So mm. there's a lot of research about depression, but we can also see issues with anxiety. So to recap, what I'm hearing you say among the nutritional deficiencies, we have zinc, we have magnesium, we have B6, we have proper fats that you need, specifically that phosphatidylcholine, and then we have vitamin D. Is that yep. accurate? Yeah, I could talk for days about nutrients, but yes, those are those are some of the top ones that I would say if you are just we're scratching the surface, those are the first places to look. And if you're jotting this down, you can also ask your doctor to run labs so you're not guessing. And that's mm -hmm. something I'm a really big fan of because the reasons for anxiety, the physiological reasons can be different from person to person. So you really want to try to identify those properly. You guys realizing now why I have her on this podcast doing this and not me. I have no idea about any of this stuff. So I'm so glad you're here teaching us about this. So what else? What are some other things that are important for overcoming anxiety from a physiological perspective? Yeah. So the reasons when I look at root cause, one would be nutrient deficiencies. The second one would actually be, you know, when I said our brain that is in our skull, we call that our first brain. And our second brain is something we've discovered that is in our digestive tract. And this second brain I call the buddies in my belly. Every man was going down a different path when you said second <laughs> brain. So I will just leave it at that. Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're going to stay research-based here. So the second brain is the two to four pounds of who you are that are the friendly health-promoting bacteria that live in your digestive tract. And collectively, we call this the microbiome. And I will say it is the area of explosion in terms of research right now. We actually have a microbiome project happening with a lot of collaboration with a lot of different researchers that started in 2016 to really learn about these probiotic buddies and how they influence our health. So it's literally been a scientific breakthrough in human health for us to understand this. And one of the things we've discovered is that these buddies that live in our belly, they have a direct freeway system of communication to our brain. And that communication freeway is something called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is really important to focus on 
with anxiety, as well as making sure that you have good, healthy bacteria that lives in your digestive tract. So one of the reasons we can see anxiety, mood disorders, problems with the brain function is that it's actually stemming from an imbalance of what I say, the buddies, the probiotic buddies and the bad germs. So we can have issues with people eating a poor diet where they're not feeding their buddies properly and they get these bad bacteria and yeast and other things that are in their digestive tract and they pump off all these fireballs of inflammation and garbage that go into the bloodstream and directly impact brain function. It is fascinating to think that your gut health impacts your brain health. Yeah. So it's called the gut-brain axis. If you look that up, you know, you Google it, you go into pubmed.gov, you're going to find all kinds of fascinating research. And this is an area that is exploding. And what we're looking at is we've coined this term of using probiotics that impact mood as a category, psychobiotics, which I think is a terrible name. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't really conjure up good thoughts, right? When you hear that. But what I I've done over the last year with a lot of research is actually developed a product called B-Calm and it's a buddies in my belly probiotic that has bifidobacterium. One of the characters in our book is called Biffy for bifidobacterium and bifidobacterium has been shown to make GABA. And GABA is that calm, cool, collected feeling. Again, going back to vitamin B6, when we were talking about that with nutrient deficiencies, Biffy or bifidobacterium also makes a lot of the B vitamins that help regulate our mood. So we talked about B6, also vitamin B12, vitamin B9, which is folate. Those are crucial for brain function. So we know, especially as we age, we have less bifidobacterium. So it's really important to look for a probiotic that has bifidobacterium in it. It's very anti-inflammatory. So if you don't have enough GABA, another thing that's really interesting is your pain perception is higher your brain is going to be more sensitive to pain. So you'll hurt more. So GABA is really helpful from that perspective. And then also this formula has another probiotic buddy, Lacti for lactobacillus that makes acetylcholine. And this is another neurotransmitter, a chemical in the brain that helps with anxiety. It has to do with that phosphatidylcholine we mentioned before. That's the building blocks for acetylcholine. And acetylcholine gives us like our memory, cognition, I'm ready to go during the day. And the brain stem uses acetylcholine at night to get into that good REM sleep cycle that's restorative. And a lot of people with anxiety don't sleep well. So it can be an issue with an imbalance of your probiotic buddies and the bad germs. So the other thing I say on top of probiotics is, you know, I want to be really clear that no one will ever be able to supplement themselves into good health. Mm. It has to start with lifestyle. It has to start with what you're putting in your mouth. Food is information to your body and your biochemistry. So, you know, my children's book I wrote, which is for adults too, (laughs) you'll learn a lot, is about how you feed the buddies and how you take care of them and how they take care of us. So we really want to eat about 25 different plant species of foods per week to get the diversity we need of all these fibers in our plant foods so that we can feed our buddies and we have a diverse, healthy amount of buddies that will impact our brain health positively. Mm. 
And another thing we have as a free resource is we have a cool chart that helps the buddies, hurts the buddies. So you can look at not only diet, but lifestyle factors that really impact how healthy your buddies are and thus your brain. And that can be found all just at buddiesinmybelly.com. Yep. And we have a food plate too, which is super fun to integrate in your family of like, hey, this is what your plate should look like at mealtime when you're eating, which, you know, I'm a big advocate of like, get your whole family involved, let them be part of this. And it helps reinforce the message so you're not the lone ranger right in your house trying to do it all yourself this isn't just like a nutrition diet change this is a lifestyle change is really what i'm hearing you say it is and even things like exercise um you know we have good research that shows people who exercise regularly have healthier buddies they have a better microbiome which we also see a lot of research showing people who exercise have better brain function so that's an important one vitamin d levels people have better vitamin d levels tend to have better buddies the Bodies like vitamin D too. People who get better sleep have better microbiomes. Their buddies are healthier. So there's a lot of things we can incorporate into our lives every day that have a tremendous impact on our brain health. Well, is there anything else in closing that you want to share before we end? Yeah, the third aspect of anxiety that I want to talk about as a root cause is lifestyle. You know, this is a big one. And I think it's the connection of mind, body, you know, we're looking at the physical side, we're looking at the mental, emotional side. So our modern world can be very overwhelming for our brain. It's like pedal to the metal, you know, you hit that gas pedal. One of the things I'm such an advocate for educating on the topic of is blue light and blue light we get from fluorescent lights we get from our phones we get from our computers any type of screen and this is something that there's again a lot of research going into but if you're working on a computer all day long and then you're watching tv at night you're on your phone all the way until you go to bed that's so much stimulating information of light going to your brain that you're gonna have a hard time hitting that brake pedal. So you can wear blue light blocking glasses, you can put filters on your phone and your computer so that you're doing more red light. Red is calming. Matt knows this and I can't show you because it's a podcast, but I have red glasses that block 100% of blue and green light that I wear at night about an hour before bed. That is a tremendous help to calm the brain down from blue light exposure. So things like media too, right? We have so much constant exposure to media of everything happening, whether it's social media or the news, and it kind of leaves us in this chronic state of fear and like, oh my gosh, what's going on everywhere? It can be overwhelming to our system. So, you know, one thing I say is like, if you're struggling with anxiety, maybe turn off the news, like check out a little bit so that you can balance yourself first. Another thing is sleep. We do not sleep enough as Americans. You know, I think the average American gets about five to six hours a night. You need eight hours for your brain to heal and repair. Sleep is a time where your body repairs and your brain repairs. And without that, you're going to have a really hard time with brain function. Your brain doesn't function well, and it's going to have issues with being balanced. Stress. Okay, stress I can raise my hand to this one. Stress fries our brain. It is a gas pedal stuck on. We've got to say no to things, right? And that goes back to the boundaries with, you know, what we're committing ourselves to. But I just see that being such an important aspect with the people I've worked with in my clinical practice. And we tend to leave out like the calming restorative practices like 
yoga, walking, journaling, quiet reflection. This is hard too when you have kids and a family, but these are crucial activities to help your brain calm and process things. And then, you know, the last thing I would say with lifestyle is we need to be connected as human beings. You know, I just see that we have so much isolation in our society today, and that leaves so much to our brain to kind of wonder about and think about and be anxious about. And so, you know, like connect to people, be tethered to others in a way where you realize your life matters to someone else. And I find that is such an important thing, whether it's like going to the gym or it's, you know, you have a neighborhood that you have community with, or, you know, you're part of like a faith-based organization or something that allows you to have that side of your life and your well-being nourished. Wow. Well, thank you so much. You've given us just a lot of great research or tools around how to overcome anxiety from a physiological perspective. We have nutrition deficiencies. We have the buddies that live in our belly, the friendly bacteria called probiotics to be able to make sure that that helps even our brain health and then lifestyle. It's just some powerful stuff. So you guys have some great tools to be able to begin to implement. And Sarah, thank you for your time. And so if you are anxious, please know that there is hope and that there are ways to deal with the imbalance in your body. And ifm.org for practitioners is a great place to be able to go to. Be Calm is an incredible opportunity for you to get from Buddies in My Belly. And then you also have a couple of other companies too. You have a company called Vitamin IQ that has provided something called Mommy Brain. I know you just talked about yeah, that a little it's, bit. Yeah, it's a really neat product. You know, Mommy Brain is something we joke about just really quickly, you know, after we have children, but it's a depletion of these important nutrients in your brain. So it can be anxious, it can be brain fog, it can be, you know, like I don't remember where I put my keys, I'm searching for my phone while I'm talking on my phone, you know. So Mommy Brain School, and then we have a really neat whole food multivitamin where we've sourced a lot of our key nutrients from whole foods that's a really neat product if you're kind of looking for a foundational formula with vitamin IQ. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us on this podcast and thank you listeners. And if you have questions, we got answers. So feel free to go to mattmorgan.com, go to the contact us page and uh, submit your questions there. This is an interactive podcast. So you guys take care and we'll see you next time.